The Democratic Party is banking on Joe Biden. That's their big bet. And the voters are going out in droves to vote for this man who has no idea where he is, who can't talk and has been called out by the left and the right forever. But the latest video from Joe Biden's campaign is one of the most disturbing, shocking bits of evidence of his cognitive decline I have ever seen. In his video, he was doing some virtual town hall because, as you know, we're all basically locked down around the country and the cameras aren't working. But I kid you not, he starts muttering and mumbling. I have no idea what he's trying to say. And then he starts walking off camera. The dude like forgets that he's live streaming a town hall to talk to voters and starts walking away. His campaign then puts up a graphic to cover the fact that Joe Biden doesn't know what he's doing or what he's talking about. He starts muttering about estuaries and endangered species. I have no idea, dude. I feel I'm getting I am angered and I mean this. I really mean this. It is sad and I am getting angry. You know what I see when I see Joe Biden? I see a man who never made it. He was the vice president. Okay, he got close. He almost touched the clouds and he wants to be president and he wants to run and he wants to have that under his belt. He wants to be that, have that legacy. But man, he just can't do it. And, And for the Democratic Party to put him up like this while he just looks out of his mind is maddening. It is disrespectful and it is sad. There is a certain point in someone's life where you politely tell them the truth. You just can't do it anymore. The dude needs an intervention, but he is surrounded by desperate yes men who are terrified of Bernie Sanders and would put him in this position where he's losing his mind. It's time to lay down and read a book, buddy. This is sad. There's a lot to go through here, and I'm not going to cut any slack to the Bernie Sanders people, because while Joe Biden may be literally losing his mind in cognitive decline, you have a media trying to to tell everyone, no, it's not true. Don't believe it. Joe Biden's fine. And now the Bernie Sanders people think there's a grand conspiracy. And you know what? Based on Joe Biden's cognitive decline, based on the things he's tried to say and failed, I am absolutely surprised people are voting for this guy. But I think there's a harsh reality the Bernie Sanders people need to realize. One, youth vote doesn't come out. And two, even though Joe Biden is completely out of his gourd at this point, people might prefer that if it stops socialism. Look, these young people really love socialism, but older people don't, and they will vote for anything other than socialism. So let's take a look at the first story. I want to show you this from The Verge. Joe Biden's first virtual town hall was an absolute technical nightmare. And I'm going to show you. But the first thing I have to show you is this story. Joe Biden forgets year meanders off frame in disastrous live stream. It's 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 sad, man. I'm looking at this old guy who wants to who wants to have something he just can't have anymore. Look, when I was younger, I wanted to be one of the best skateboarders in the world. I'm, I'm in my 30s. And that'll never happen. I grew up. I moved on. I found what I was good at. And I just I, I did what I had to do. And not everyone's going to be the rock star, the astronaut or the president. And when you're 77 and you're having trouble speaking and thinking and you're forgetting where you are, dude, it's time to realize you're not going to be the president, man. Let's read the story before I get started. Head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are several ways you can help support me. But the best thing you can do is share this video. Look, I think Joe Biden's voters, the people who aren't paying attention, need a hard wake up call. Now, I'm going to throw a little cold water on the Bernie supporters, the ones who are coming out screaming that they think there's rigging going on, like the Democrats are actually hard changing votes. But I still think if you're if you're if you're a Bernie progressive, people need to see what's going on with Biden. 
absolutely need to see it. So let, let's, let's just get into this. The other thing I'll add is make sure you subscribe to this channel. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. YouTube is no longer, for the most part, doing autoplay recommendations or you know after video recommendations. And they are suppressing my content and many others. If you want to make sure you get these videos because you like what I do, subscribe, notification bell, you get the gist. This story is from Breitbart. I know many people might not like it, but just bear with it. They're absolutely harsh on Joe Biden, but they include commentary from progressive leftists who agree. Listen, man, when you get the progressive left and you get the Trump right agreeing about something, there's got to be something there. And the media and the Democratic establishment can try all they like to sweep this under the rug, but it is not. I just don't see it working. I see a lot of people who aren't paying attention voting for Biden. And if they knew it was actually happening, they would be shocked. But I, I think it's fair to say maybe people really know and they just really don't want Bernie Sanders. Breitbart says Grandpa Joe Biden wants to run the country and save us from coronavirus when he can't even run a live stream and has no idea what year it is. On Friday, Grandpa Joe held what his campaign billed as a virtual town hall in Illinois. In my colleague Kyle Olson's must-read reporting of the event, you'll discover the whole thing was a fiasco, like something out of a sitcom. Guests appeared and then disappeared. The sound was garbled. People were introduced, followed by an awkward pause. When they didn't appear, babies cried. I, I Literally, this is a disaster. This campaign is a disaster. The Democratic Party is in shambles, man. And I know I've said it before, but this this is the, it, it's just getting worse. I, you know, I was looking at other videos I made and I'm like, the Democratic Party collapse, unmitigated disaster. And I'm like, how do I say this again? You know, how do I keep saying it? It's getting worse, man. It really is. Biden seemed to be reading from a teleprompter, but the broadcast suffered from severe tech issues as Biden's word were caught in a feedback loop, muddying the whole presentation and making the candidate nearly indecipherable. After starting two hours late, the fiasco lasts about 45 minutes. For my money, this clip from The Honeymooners, where Ralph and Ed attempt to do a live television commercial, is the funniest thing ever captured on film. Sounds like Grandpa Joe just took that crown. Technical difficulties, however, are technical difficulties. That doesn't mean those technical difficulties are not newsworthy. After all, we are talking about a major presidential campaign, about the competency or lack thereof of the people handpicked by Biden to run his campaign. So it is a bit disconcerting that Joe and his staffers were unable to put on the equivalent of a video podcast, something millions of everyday Americans are able to do every day in their basements without a hitch. I'm literally in my basement where I put a studio together and I'm complaining about my feelings to a camera. And Joe Biden, a presidential campaign, couldn't pull this off there. You know what, man? The Democratic Party right now has the capabilities. I'm sorry, doesn't even have the capabilities of my 10 year old niece who knows how to make YouTube videos. This is shocking. But when you see what Biden actually says, look at this. Jordan, all anything but a conservative This is a progressive guy, as far as I know, in a bizarre meandering live stream put on by Joe Biden's campaign today, he forgets what year it is. And when, if he doesn't lose, he would be in office. At another point, He seemingly forgets he's on a live stream and walks out of frame. The feed cuts away to a logo instead. You've got to be kidding me, man. Is this what you were putting up against Trump? Trump could be facing a a stock market drop to zero, and he's going to trounce Joe Biden if that's the option that people in America have. Worst still is people are going to lose confidence in the system. But you know what? You reap what you sow. Look at this. For those that are are watching, I'm not going to play the whole clip. But you can see Joe Biden walking off frame. He's, he's in the middle of a live stream 
and he just turns around and walks away. He's done this before. There's a video of him at some town hall event or something. He's, wa- he's on stage looking at the audience. He turns around towards the back wall. It's a big screen and walks away while mumbling something. He keeps doing this. I can't believe there are people who are trying to pretend like Joe Biden hasn't lost his mind. And I'm not saying that to be mean, man. I feel like the people around him are disgusting individuals. You need to tell Joe it's time to stop. They should have stopped him a long time ago. Pete Buttigieg ain't perfect, but Pete Buttigieg is in his 30s and is infinitely better than Joe Biden. They're both the moderates. It's fine. I know you might not like them. Many people don't like them. But come on, man, to make this guy go through this sprint and he can't even talk is it was it was a ridiculous idea. But you know what? Maybe maybe they just couldn't stand up to, to Grandpa Joe when he said, no, I want to do this. They should have said no, absolutely not. Instead, they were like, you do it. You do it, Joe. Apparently, Obama told him you don't have to do this. So at least some people tried to get him to stop. It's sad, man. So the whole thing was mired by technical difficulties, garbled videos, failing cameras, weird sounds, babies crying. Everybody's taking note. It was a disaster. Check this out. From The Intercept, Glenn Greenwald. Democrats and and their media allies impugned Biden's cognitive fitness. Now they feign outrage. Now they're angry, saying it's a, a coordinated media campaign to smear Joe Biden and make it seem like he's lost the plot. Like his brain isn't working. There's a trending hashtag, Biden's cognitive decline, because everyone knows. You've got the progressive left and the Trump right unified. You know why? It's reality. The media is lying. They lie. It's what they do. They lie about progressives when, 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 when they're going up against their establishment candidates. They smear Jenk of the Young Turks. Now, I wish the Bernie people and the, and the progressives would actually call out the media like the Trump people have been doing for a long time because we know they're lying. And now you can see it hitting both sides. Guess what? If you notice that Joe Biden ain't all there, you're not alone and you're not crazy. That's the reality. But hey, if you turn on the mainstream media, guess what you'll see? They will tell you, you have lost your mind. I'm sorry, man. When the Young Turks can see it and when Trump supporters can see it, you cannot deny. You can try. You can you can try, but no one's going to buy it. Check this out. From the Washington Monthly, the disinformation campaign being launched against Biden. There is no data to support the allegation that he is in cognitive decline. Data. Data. Let me say that again for you. There is no data. Are you are you kidding are you, are, is someone going to put together a graph of Joe Biden's gaffes exponentially increasing? Or are we going to watch the videos of him struggling to speak, meandering off camera, mumbling about gibberish, estuaries and danger? What are you talking about, Joe? It's getting worse, man. They're Apparently, for the next debate, they wanted to have him sit down. They know. And they are putting him through this because they are just bad people. Or they're that desperate. Now, I'll tell you what, Bill Maher, good dude. I like Bill Maher. Bill Maher said some dumb stuff. Notably, he, he said, bring on the recession if it gets rid of Trump. And he got slammed hard for it. And you know what? He owned it. He was like, you know, people are mad at me for saying it. Yeah, whatever. I, hey, that's not a bad, I think, it's, I think it's still dumb he said that. But you know what I respect? That he says something and says, whatever, do something about it. He actually stands up for himself, even if he thinks stupid things. I think that thing is stupid, but I think a lot of what he says is actually on point. He called Joe Biden a little cuckoo. Thank you, Bill Maher, for calling this out. The media likes to pretend 
like it's only conservatives going after going after Joe Biden, ignoring the progressive left who have been going after him as well. They say it's a Trump GOP smear campaign to shut down Joe Biden. Knock it off. No one's buying it. More than around half, a little bit less than half of the people voting right now are voting for Bernie Sanders. And look, Bernie Sanders, a 78 year old man who had a heart attack recently, and he's a socialist. These are things that are that are huge net negatives for his campaigns. Sad reality. I got to say, even with that being said, I'm surprised people are voting for Joe Biden. I really do believe if people just saw Joe Biden fumbling around and, and wandering off camera, they'd start to realize he's not a good choice. Now, I'm not saying Bernie's the right choice for this country, but I, you got to admit with, with all of Bernie's problems, the heart attack, right? At least he can say his ideas. And you know, Bernie recently came out calling out the globalization and foreign trade policies with China that resulted in a national security threat. And that was very impressive to me. Sounds like how Biden, sounds like, sounds like, now I'm pulling a Joe Biden, sounds like how Bernie used to speak back in 2015. Then he started embracing all this progressive stuff. I think Bernie's going to start coming back to the center now, at least a little bit, not on economic policy, but at least in rational thought, like border protections and such. Now that he's trying to win, you know, he's trying to beat Joe Biden. He's got to adopt more moderate policies. But I actually do have this tweet. Check it out. Senator Bernie Sanders, quote, as a result of globalization and our disastrous trade policies, we have been outsourcing millions of jobs in factories overseas that have gutted our economy. And he's right. He's absolutely right. So, so listen, there's a lot wrong with Bernie's ideas. In my opinion, he doesn't know how to pay for things, how much they'll cost. But come on, man, you, you, don't, you don't have to like the guy to recognize that Biden should not be the nominee. At this point, they have the choice between Tulsi Gabbard and Bernie Sanders. And as much as I've been a fan of Tulsi, come on, let's be realists. She's not getting that support that she needs. She's got a, lot of, she got, she's got a, a decent following of people. They very much support her. But Bernie is the guy. And I guess you can say either people just don't know about Biden or they really, really hate socialism. But I want to show you some progressives. This is from Caitlin Johnstone. I, I don't want to I don't want to accuse her of being a progressive. I think she's at least anti-Trump. She wrote this on Medium in September. Biden's brain is Swiss cheese and it's creepy that we're not talking about it. I completely agree. I'm talking about it right now because it scares me. The idea that this is what they're going to prop up. Listen, man, I don't care who you want to support. Maybe you're a, you're a Trump populist. Maybe you're a Bernie populist. Can we all just agree before anything else? It should not be Joe Biden. I'm sorry, man. I feel really bad for the guy. I do. Look, I know he's gone through a history. He's voted for policies that have been controversial. I'm not going to blame someone based off of the mistakes of the past that our society was going through that was acceptable at the time. I think it's dumb to look back 40 years and say, how could you support that? Well, listen, man, society believed things and did things, and we progressed beyond that, and people changed their opinions. But what's sad now is that it's, it, it, I just feel like this guy, he's nearing the end of the road. And what does he have? He was vice president. Bravo, dude. Second place, man. Silver medals are, are awesome, but he wants the gold. And so even though he's lost the ability, he's still reaching for it. And it's just sad, man, to see this guy really trying to compete. It's like, it's like you know, seeing an old dude try and compete in the Olympics. It's like, come on. You got to make way for the younger people to take the reins. It's just not going to be you. And Bernie is actually older than Joe Biden. But I'll say it again. At least Bernie Sanders can speak English. Now, I'm going to throw some shade up the Bernie people. Y'all don't get a free pass just because Joe Biden has lost the plot. Check this out. First, Bernie bros are warning of a massive exodus if Democrats nominate Joe Biden. That I get. 
hey, man, I'm not going to blame you. I wouldn't vote for Joe Biden. That guy's clearly out of it. And I actually, you know, the policies he's presented, like public option stuff, I'm more likely to agree with him. But there's a certain point where you think he just doesn't have the ability. So now the Bernie progressives, many of whom rightly recognize that Joe Biden should not be the nominee, are, are jumping ship. All I can really say is, I guess, good for you, man. Stand up for what you believe in. I certainly have no interest in being involved in whatever, whatever it is they're doing. I don't want to vote for Bernie either. But at least there are people who are, who, who are Democrats who are willing to say no and walk away. They might not walk away to the Republican Party. They might not walk away to a third party, Libertarians, Green Party, whatever. But they're going to walk away from Joe Biden. And that's, it, it bums me out because I feel so sad this guy is being put through this. But it's his own fault. You reap what you sow. But now I got to show you where the fringe is stepping up. Bernie supporters, you got to check yourself. First, another story from Breitbart. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Biden is winning because of rampant voter suppression in this country. Okay, first of all, Joe Biden actually won the African-American vote, primarily in South Carolina and many other states. Bernie Sanders is not doing that well. I think in Michigan and Mississippi as well. So no, it's not voter suppression. Biden is just doing better than Bernie Sanders. And, and to me, that is kind of freaky, I got to admit. They say, uh, they have a quote, I guess. Thursday on Fox News's channel special report, Rep. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said her candidate Bernie Sanders is losing in the Democratic Party's presidential primary to former Vice President Joe Biden because of rampant voter suppression. Uh, when asked by Brett Baer, you're, you're Bernie Sanders' most prominent surrogate. Was it difficult to witness his swift fall from the frontrunner status? He is almost a protest candidate now. Your thoughts, she said. One of the things that we saw with Bernie Sanders' leadership, even today, is how transformative it is for the American people. Just today, he laid out a very strong plan in response to the coronavirus for everyday people, for Main Street, not just Wall Street. He's talking about how do we make sure that everyone who needs access to Medicare can get it? How do we make sure people aren't getting booted out of their homes, whether it's not being able to afford the mortgage payment this month or not being able to afford their rent payment? He goes on to say, you did a, uh, Brett Baer asks, you did a campaign event at the University of Michigan, 10,000 people. It was rock star status, but those kids did not show up at least if you look at the numbers overall this race, how can you say the progressive position is still prevailing nationwide when Joe Biden is winning so much? And she said, I think the one thing that isn't being talked about is the rampant voter suppression in this country. Right there in Ann Arbor, where we had that rally, those kids were waiting three hours in line to vote in Michigan. When we talk about who's turning out, it's, uh, who's turning out and who's not turning out. Bear interrupted. You think voters didn't get to vote who wanted to vote in Michigan? And she said, absolutely. There's more that we need to do in terms of turning out youth vote. We need to make sure that we are inspiring young people to turn out. But when you do turn out, you should not be waiting three, four, seven hours in order to vote. Yes, she's right about that. You should have to wait that long. But come on, man. Voter suppression now? They claim Republicans are suppressing vote. Now they're claiming the Democrats are, you know what? No, just stop. Bernie Sanders did not get the minority vote and the youth vote did not turn out. Period. I'm sorry. Take a look at this. This user on Twitter said, dude, I'm sorry, but there's no way this is possible. LMFAO. And it's a picture of Michigan where Biden dominated every single district. This shocked many Bernie supporters because he won Michigan last time. Let me show you some. Here was one of the responses. Bernie Sanders dominated in the youth vote, 29%. And Joe Biden dominated the older vote, 71%. You know that means? Biden won 71% of the votes in Michigan. And Bernie won 29%. You can brag all day and night about how youth voters support you, but they do not vote. 
It's not suppression when they choose not to vote. Of course, there's more because they're taking it one step further. And activists are now arguing the DNC is cheating the primaries because the the exit polls don't match the margin of error for the actual results. Now, that's interesting. And I think it's worth noting for sure. But it could just be that young people and enthusiastic activists love screeching for Bernie and regular people walk in, check the D on the box and walk away without saying anything. There's a lot of reasons why the polls might show this margin of error. The polls are just wrong, perhaps. They were wrong in 2016 across the board. Many of them are still wrong today. So why should I trust any of the polls are right today? It stands to reason that Americans have said over and over again, they don't want to vote for socialism. Now, about half of Democrats would, and we're seeing it. Yeah, they're choosing Bernie, but not enough to get him the win. Most Democrats are still rejecting socialism. So they, they show these, these, these images. TDMS research saying that the, the, the margin of error in the exit polls were too wild to be accurate. And now some people are even tweeting that the UN standards that show that if the margin of error in the exit poll is too great, there must be some kind of election, uh, election rigging. I mean, these are interesting points. But come on, man, let's just face the facts. The Democratic Party as a whole is just in it's in pure chaos. The campaigns for both have become unmitigated disasters. Bernie supporters desperate for a win turn to the only explanation explanation possible that the DNC is actually flipping hard votes. Now, look, man, we know they've cheated in terms of the rules of the of the primary debate. I've complained about it nonstop. Yes, they are cheating. But flipping the votes in the primary system, that would mean that the volunteers in these places are in on the take. There's too many people. I just don't buy it. The simple solution is old people coming out won't vote for socialism. That's really it. Now, you can look for every excuse in the book. It's just not. It's just likely not the case, man. But there's a petition. I love it. Nearly 22,000 people have signed this move on petition. Let me refresh this to make sure. I bet the numbers have gone up. 22,368 UN is needed to oversee Democratic primaries due to election fraud. This isn't coming from Trump supporters. It's not Trump supporters that are coming out and saying Joe Biden's lost his mind. It is the progressive left saying the DNC is cheating. They're flipping votes. It's voter fraud. And Joe Biden's gone nuts. So now you can see the American people from Bernie to Trump agree. This system isn't working. They think it's rigged. You've got you've got Trump supporters thinking that there's election fraud across the board, voter fraud. Well, the progressive Democrats agree with you. Both sides are are correctly recognizing that Joe Biden is not all there anymore. And you know what? The Democratic Party has already admitted they will absolutely hurt themselves if it means stopping Bernie Sanders. That's not that's not a conspiracy. That's what they said. I think it was Politico or no, it was New York Times, I think, interviewed several superdelegates, party members. And they basically said, that's what they're going to do. In the end, maybe they're putting up Biden on purpose. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they think it's the best they could muster. I mean, Biden's not even B tier. Okay. You know, Barack Obama, he's the A team. He became president. You got Buttigieg, Klobuchar, you got Beto. They're all very B team like. But Joe Biden is not even on par with them because at least the rest of them can talk, man. You know, I've said it, but I guess it bears repeating. Trump is going to win. I don't think there's any amount of economic damage that could occur that's going to stop Donald Trump. And I mean that. Maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong before. I'm wrong a lot. And things change. I look back at some of my old videos. I'm like, man, I can't believe that was the case. 
I was worried Bloomberg was actually going to get the nomination. Now he's dropped out. I was wrong about that. Listen, I base my opinions off of the current information available to me. And as time goes on, my opinion is going to change based on relevant data. But the more we see Joe Biden, the more I think it's clear that if the Democrats continue to go this route, propping up Joe Biden, I do not see a path to victory for a man who can't even talk, let alone stand up for two hours. And they're going to have him be sitting down. Now, this is going to be interesting. They might they probably won't do it. Initially, they said it would be a sit down audience Q&A. But because of recent events, there's not going to be an audience. They're moving to D.C. So sitting down would be pointless. There's not going to be audience Q&A. They're going to have to debate with moderators. The whole thing is a disaster. And with with the latest news happening around the world, I'm not sure how they're going to even have the convention. So I guess we will just wait and see. I'm going to say it one more time. Watching Joe Biden flail around up there makes me sad. It does. I see a guy with ambition and I can respect that. I see a guy who's not perfect. I can respect anyone reaching for the stars. But there's a certain point where you've reached your limit and it's time to say enough. We all get old. We all, you know, our our abilities decline. It's a sad reality of life. A lot of people resist it. But I think it's just something to be to be accepted. We get older. We're not as you know, we're not as good physically or mentally as we once were. You know, I'm in my 30s. I know I'm going to I'm going to be his age at one point. I'm halfway there. I'm halfway. uh, Well, I'm a little bit. I'm I'm just about halfway there. So I get it. I'm not going to cry about it. And I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like I should be the one with the keys to the castle simply because I, I always wanted it. Nah, I have no problem saying at a certain point, it's time to hand the keys off to the kids to say it's your turn now. This is your world. Joe Biden needs to do that because watching him struggle is just sad. I'll see you all in the next segment at 6 p.m. YouTube.com slash News. Thanks for hanging out. Major breaking news this morning. Apple stores around the world are shutting down for two weeks. All of the Apple stores except what they call the greater China region. I guess it's because they think China's got a control on things, but it's an effort to enhance social distancing. Apple doesn't want people gathering at their stores. Now, I don't think it'll have a huge impact because they're just one business. But if a bunch of other stores now start start following suit, then things are going to get really interesting and y'all are going to wish you bought your iPhones early. No, I'm just kidding. But a lot of people mocked and they didn't go and get supplies. And now we're seeing in New York, in DC, in Seattle, all of these big cities, supplies are gone, or at least for the most part. I'm, I'm sure in the suburbs, you'll probably still find things. But in the very, very dense areas, it's getting pretty bad. Now, here's where it gets really, really scary. Based on the current trends, and the infection rate in the United States, it looks like we are on track for an Italy-like scenario. Italy started with a few isolated cases. They didn't really react quickly enough, spread to the entire country. And now they have a mortality rate of 7.1%. Now, mind you, this is where it gets even scarier. Of their closed cases, 47% have died. (laughs) Staggering numbers. I'm not kidding. Resolved cases means of those who are known to be infected, do they do they recover or do they die? And 47% so far have died. That is insane. That doesn't necessarily mean the mortality rate is 47%. There are also, it's also true, a lot of people get infected and don't even know. And once we get better testing, well, actually, I don't think testing will even help because we're literally, we're not going to go out and test every single person. So the mortality rate will look really high. But also keep in mind, we don't go out and test every single person for the flu. This is one of the things people don't realize when we're talking about testing and mortality rates. They say, 
yeah, but if we tested everybody, the mortality rate would go down. And that's true because I've said that. But also consider when people get the flu, we do not go to every single house and test them for the flu. Many people who get the flu just sit at home and watch TV and sweat it out. So with what we're seeing, the standard tracking compared to any other virus, we're tracking it and we're tracking it better. Italy's mortality rate is scary. And in the US, it's, it looks like we're seeing exponential growth of this, which is why we're reacting the way we are. All the people saying it's just the flu. Just stop, man. Just stop. Can we can we not do this? Even the president is now on board taking things very, very seriously. And you know what? Good. I am not happy with his response, but I will give credit where it's due as long as he's doing the right thing now. Let's read this story about Apple. And then I'm going to show you some global stats. I got to say, man, you look, I work from home. So it's not really impacting me other than we went out and bought a bunch of beans. We're going to have taco night. I love making that joke, but I really do love, you know, little little black beans and some spice on it. But uh, let's read. And I think stories like this about Apple shutting down, this is going to be a major and massive economic hit. Do not underestimate this. Please prepare. The tech giant will keep its stores in the China region open, becomes one of the first retailers to shut its doors in an effort to halt the spread of the coronavirus. Now, I actually want to say something real, say, say something real quick. It's actually kind of cool. I mean, there, there are businesses saying, you know what? We're freezing up because we want to do the right thing. And it's actually kind of amazing to see Americans come together in this regard. I mean, to a certain degree, to try our best to protect each other and ourselves. I mean, this actually gives me kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hopeful, you know, when stores are shutting down, when events are being canceled, even though these businesses don't want to do it. I mean, for the most part, they don't want the liability that I understand. But a lot of companies don't want to give up. I got an email from basically every single company I've ever given my email address saying they're assuring me things are going to be okay. I'm still not going to go to the movies. These companies want to make money. But I think it's, 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 a kind of cool, it's kind of cool to see how conferences and, and now Apple are reacting to do the right thing, even if it means they're going to lose some, some of that sweet moolah. The New York Times says Apple said it would close most of its retail stores outside of mainland China, Hong Kong, and Taiwan, becoming one of the first companies to take such a drastic measure to fight the coronavirus outbreak. The move signaled that retailers might be the next part of society to shut their doors. Apple is closing more than 450 stores across 21 countries until March 27th. The most effective way to minimize risk of the virus's transmission is to reduce density and maximize social distance. Timothy D. Cook the company's chief executive said in a statement posted on Friday to the company's website, Apple said employees at its closed stores would be paid as normal. That is awesome, too. Apple's move was a stark example of how, uh, of how the epicenter of the virus has now spread well beyond China. The tech giant closed its 42 stores in China in January because of the coronavirus. But now, as the number of people contracting the virus has slowed there and risen sharply elsewhere, Apple has reopened its stores in the China region and closed them everywhere else. The outbreak declared a pandemic by the World Health Organization, so call it the pandemic, New York Times, has upended societies across much of the world over the past several days as governments and companies responded to the virus's rapid advancement. Supply chains have been disrupted, planes have flown nearly empty, and sports stadiums, theaters, and museums have closed their doors. You know what? Humans have a technological curse, sort of. Because we've improved the world, too many people don't realize how awful things could really be. One of the reasons I'd imagine that we've done such a good job of slowing this down as much as we have is the internet. Not only are we able to work online, like like I do, I work from home and I 
you know, work on the internet, you know, with an internet-based economic system, digital media, but we're able to get access to information about the coronavirus very, very, very quickly. So we know what to expect. We know not to go out. We get, we get responses from high profile individuals like the uh, public officials, government officials very, very quickly. So we're able to, to sit things out. hundred years ago, you know, with the, uh, the, the, the Spanish flu epidemic, pandemic, a lot of people lost their lives, but a lot of people probably were sitting at home and didn't realize how bad things were getting. And then said, I'm going to go to the store, went to the store, found everything was closed, then ended up going out and getting sick with the internet. People have advanced warning when we find these things out. So now you don't think it's going to happen. I think we are looking at something serious with with COVID-19, but I think we're going to mitigate a lot of that damage because of the internet. Now to the curse of technology. Like I said the other day, you're going to get a ton of people saying, oh, it wasn't even that bad. See, they were all hyping this up and barely anybody got sick or barely anybody relatively, you know, oh, it was nothing because we stopped it. Be, the better we do, the better we make things, the more people are, are, are likely to doubt or even forget that hard times can and have existed. And it's when we're not paying attention and when we become comfortable that our hubris will be the end of us. Now, I, look, I, I, I get it. They say uh, retail stores has most, have mostly re- remained open, but Apple's move might be a sign that it's about to change as many other companies contemplate similar measures. Patagonia, the outdoor clothing retailer, said on Friday that it would shut its stores until late March. Starbucks has said it would consider closing stores temporarily as a last resort after an employee at a downtown Seattle location was confirmed to have the virus. While online shopping could help mitigate the impact of store closures for some retailers, shutting down for even several weeks would further slash sales for most companies, magnifying the toll the coronavirus is already taking on global business. During the early spread of the virus in China, Apple was one of the Western companies most affected because it makes nearly all its products in the country and sells about a fifth of them there. The Chinese factories that make the world's iPhones, iPads, and MacBooks were closed for weeks. And with its stores closed and many Chinese residents confined to their homes, Apple's sales there fell, causing the company to cut its sales forecast for the quarter. Now things appear to be returning to some semblance of normalcy in China for Apple. Its largest supplier, Foxconn, which assembles most iPhones, said this month that that its plants were at about 50% capacity and that it aimed to resume full production by the end of the month. Separately on Friday, Apple said its annual conference, which attracts thousands of software developers to a convention center in San Jose, California, each June would be held online. (laughs) What does that even mean? Held online. That's so dumb. Like many tech companies, Apple has already asked most of its employees around the world to work at home. I'll tell you, conferences are so that you can meet people, man. If I want to Google search something about your stupid product, I'll do it. Conferences are you can, you, you can go and network and share ideas. These are done. You're not getting that back. I'm not going to go in a chat room or something. Now I want to show you something scary. This is an article from Vox. They wrote this yesterday. Italy's coronavirus crisis could be America's. They say three weeks ago, Italy barely had a coronavirus problem. Back then, when there were just three confirmed cases, shops and cafes were open. Tourists flowed in and out of the country's magnificent holiday, holiday destinations, and quarantines were relegated to history. <laughs> 14th century Venice during the Black Death. Now Italy has the highest number of reported COVID-19 cases and deaths outside of China. More than 15,000 infected and 100,000 uh, 100, dead as of March 13th. Well, those numbers went up. I'm going to show you the numbers. Those figures are greater 
that, uh, than that of two other coronavirus hot zones, Iran and South Korea. And they're why the focus of, of the COVID-19 pandemic has now shifted to Europe. Europe has now become the epicenter with more reported cases and deaths than the rest of the world combined, apart from China, said World Health Organization Director General Dr. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus on Friday. Ghebreyesus. Bad with last names. Europe is also reporting more cases each day than China at the height of its epidemic, he added. In an effort to slow down the spread of infection, the Italian government on Monday announced an extraordinary measure for a Western democracy, one that hasn't been tried in modern times at the country level. The entire peninsula was put under quarantine orders until at least April 3rd. Some 60 million Italians were asked to stay at home. Did you go and buy supplies yet? Yeah, it might be too late. Um, I am, I am the people that were on Twitter making fun of me and laughing when I said, get your emergency food while you can. You know what? I'm not going to drag you and laugh that you guys mocked it, but I am angry that you convinced other people not to do the same. Because I've seen the photos. We see how bad it's getting. The company that I was promoting that, 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 that does food supply, they have like an eight to 10 week backlog now. So it's great that they're still operating to the best of their abilities, shipping out emergency food. You can get the, sh- the, sh- the store shelves are drained. You want to talk about how bad things get? These stupid, stupid people who are saying things like, dude, it's just the flu. Here's the exponential growth rate that we're seeing, according to the New York Times. Again, still not that many people. But what you need to understand about the flu and this is that when people get the flu, they just go to sleep. They lay in their bed. They sweat it out. Some people get hospitalized, but it's a very, very small percentage. Around 20% of people who are getting the COVID-19 are going to the hospital to be put on ventilators. And some young people have even died. Now, the mortality rate typically affects the old. We get this. January 14th, no cases. 21st, one. 28th, five. This is a week by week. By February 4th, 11. A week later, 14. A week later, 25. 59, 125. By March 10th, 1004. And now we are well above that. Now we are well above 2,000. That is exponential growth, Dr. Nick Jewell said. He noted that the latest increase was likely, was also likely a reflection of increased testing. We started discussing what actions to take in the face of exponential growth. Obviously, we need to slow the rate of growth, flatten the curve, as you may have heard. Through government and individual responses, effectively based on, in, uh, effectively based on increased testing and heightened social distancing. Everyone keeps saying the flu, the cold, blah, blah, blah. We got this early. Don't you get it? I mean, most of you probably do. It's why you're still watching me talk about it. But I can't believe there are people who are like, only a thousand people have it. So what? Then when it grows exponentially and we end up like Italy, you'll say, if only we did something sooner. We're trying to do it sooner. This is one of the biggest problems humans have. They look at the current state and they say, ah, so what? There's tens of millions of the flu and only a thousand people with this. The mortality rate for the flu is point zero. It's 0.1%. Let me show you this, this Italy counter number. This is world meters. Italy, coronavirus cases, 17,660 deaths, 1,266 with 1,439 recovered. So, so right now of the closed cases, they say cases which had an outcome, 47% have died. That doesn't mean the mortality rate is 47%. It's, it's, pro, it's very, very, pro, it's likely, it, you know, very likely. There are many people who get mild symptoms. We know that's true. But we, we track other viruses the same way. When people get the cold, we don't, we don't 
just say, you know, I'm sorry, we say the exact same thing. There are probably a lot of people get the cold. We don't track them. Here's the estimates to the best of our abilities. Think about the flu. And when they say the mortality rate's 0.1%, yes. And we don't test everyone for the flu, which means the mortality rate, you could argue the exact same thing, could technically be lower. And that's why it's serious. That's why we need to take it seriously. Right now, they say there are 14,955 active cases, not resolved. And 9% are in serious or critical condition. 91 have mild condition. It may be that in the coming days, we close more cases and people recover. But right now, the recovery rate is actually terrifying in Italy. Now, so, so look, this is what it looks like when you catch things early. The reason why everyone's panicking is because this is very, very, it's, it's, it's shockingly dangerous. And we, and we are reacting as fast as we can. People keep trying to look to other diseases. It's wrong. One thing you need to get, if you, and you, you understand this, if you've, ever played the, if you've ever played the game Plague Inc., this is a factor. Viruses, diseases that have severe reactions that can kill you are terrible because it stops the, like the, the transmission rate of the virus. So uh, terrible in the sense that the goal of the virus, essentially what it does is propagate. And if it's lethal, it can't do that. It fizzles out. So things like Ebola, for instance, have, have, they struggle to spread because people die quickly, relatively quickly, and people are shocked by the way they die and they're terrified and they leave. That triggers a response in the people to avoid the virus. I believe Ebola is a virus, could be wrong. And, that, and then the result is that it can't transmit. What we're seeing with uh, COVID-19 and why it's so scary is that people can be asymptomatic and transmit it. It can survive on surfaces for up to nine days, according to some reports, 32, uh, 72 hours, according to some reports, but it can be on your hand for five to 10 minutes. You can go out, someone can sneeze and you could get it and you wouldn't notice. You can inhale it and get in your eyes. And then you have a two week, two week incubation period. This is why it's scary. The mortality rate is not insane like Ebola or other diseases. It's between, you know, one and 3% globally. In Italy, it's much, much, much higher. Now, according to some reports, they're saying the reason why it's so high in Italy is because they have an older population. I'm not going to speculate. I don't know. I do know that for people above 80 years old, the mortality rate is over 14%. I think over 70, it's around 8% and it goes down. So let's also make sure we get the facts straight. If you're young, there's a very, very high chance you will be fine. But let's also do some regular math. Right now, we've seen from, the, I believe it's the American Hospitals Association or something like that, that they're projecting up between 70 and 150 million people could get this. And if the mortality rate was just 1%, you realize we're talking about hundreds of thousands of people dead, potentially million, a million plus. If the mortality rate is 3% in the US, we're looking at millions. So let's take this seriously. I get it. I get it. Look, I know most of you watching are many of the people who are gloating and laughing two months ago are probably now kind of feeling stupid and embarrassed. It's not even about the virus. If we can control the virus, good. But you also got to recognize that people are going nuts and fighting over toilet paper in, in, in parking lots. It's just downright nuts. Now, I don't think that, it's not the apocalypse, as I've said a million times. I think we'll be fine. But if we don't, if, 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 if we can't get over the fact that we caught this early. If humans can't recognize what comes next, and they can't for the most part, I think we're in trouble. 
There's something I have to talk about uh, in how people can't see the, the consequences of their actions. They don't plan ahead. They look at the now. Here's the example I often give. Let's say there's a protester in the street holding up a sign and he's blocking traffic. A police officer gets ordered, get that guy to the street, get traffic moving again. Well, what's the easiest way to stop that protester? Arrest him. So what does he do? He goes up, get out of the street. No, you're under arrest. He arrests the guy, traffic resumes. And for a short time, everyone's happy. The cars are moving again. And then the the next day, there are now a hundred protesters screaming police brutality. That's what's happened all the time in many of these countries. They start with like some kind of protest about, you know, gas prices or food prices or some new law. The police come out, fire, you know, flashbangs or whatever. And then the next day you have a police brutality protest. It riles and angers people. I'm not saying I know what the answer is. I'm definitely not saying the answer is to not confront the protesters. No way. That's what, that, that's what else countries have done. But I, don't, I, don't, I, I can't tell, tell you what the answer is, but I can tell you they don't stop to think what comes next. So they look at these silly cases. They, there's only like 10 cases in America. Who cares? You're so dumb. Did you stop to think about what comes next? Because I'll tell you what, if it's not the virus, because look, I'm a young strapping male. I should be, I should be able to survive this with a few coughs and be fine. But now if I go to my local Walmart, I did. There's no toilet paper. There's no food. The people who are freaking out about this will be part of the problem. You need to stop. Ask yourself, if I do this, what happens next? Too many people do not do that. And you know what? It gets complicated because the further you look into the future, the more variables there are, and it becomes harder and harder to predict. But at the very least, can you stop to consider what comes after these death rates? What comes tomorrow? If we had a thousand people on the 10th and we have 2000 now, we're effectively doubling our rate every couple days. What do you think happens tomorrow? Another thousand plus cases? What do you think happens in two days? We double 4,000, 8,000, 16, 32, etc. And that's when you'll start seeing this death rate become really, really scary. People are saying, but 3% death rate, it's so low. It's, it could be even 1%. 1% is high. We're talking about lots of dead people. One death is, is one death too many. I'll leave it there. I don't know if we're going to see more stores close down, but look, I'll be tracking the news. I got to admit, it's getting annoying to keep having to reiterate this stuff. But look, if you made it through this, you've probably heard me say it already about the death rate and everything. But look at the total deaths of the closed cases in Italy, and it's at 47. I'll see you all at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. If there's one thing that BuzzFeed News is actually really good at, it's filing freedom of information requests. Their reporter, Jason Leopold, does this all the time, and he does a pretty good job of it. And now BuzzFeed has come across secret documents. They're now unclassified, so it's not that big of a deal, but it's interesting, that show just how the U.S. government would plan for an uncontrollable pandemic. And what's truly fascinating is that national security officers, agents, are being advised to have a three-month stockpile of food. The reason why I find it so interesting is because most of these governments right now are telling people to do things they, in fact, aren't doing. They say, don't go out and buy a bunch of supplies. They go out and buy a bunch of supplies. Now, I'm not saying don't listen to what they're telling you because to a certain degree, I mean, I think for the most part, they're giving you sound and reasonable advice. When they say don't go panic buy, They're not saying it because they want to make sure you don't have food. It's because you shouldn't, because if everyone does, then the stores are going to be impacted, raided. There's not going to be supplies for everybody. People freak out. So it's important to listen. 
The problem is the advice they're giving is based on what they don't want everyone to do. And there's a difference between what an individual should do and what everyone should do. So if they come out and say, we are supplying, you know, we're preparing for three months of, we're buying three months of supplies, then what do you think people are going to do? So they need to tell you to be calm and only buy a little bit and hope that that actually results in, in a positive reaction. However, people being nasty, evil people, many people rushed out, raided a ton of stores for hand sanitizer and toilet paper. And I'll tell you what, we joke about how they did it. Now we actually know a lot of these people are scalping. I guess they call it some kind of like emergency arbitrage or something. I don't know. We have a story from the New York Times as well that I want to show you where this is a guy they're showing. He bought 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer. But when Amazon shut his account down, he doesn't have any way to sell it. I don't care. This guy was exploiting panic to sell hand sanitizer for up to $70 a bottle. And that's why it's important you take care of yourself and you take these things seriously. The government likes to say, here's what you should do. But I don't, I don't care about what China is saying or what Italy is saying or what the United States is saying. I care about what they're doing. Actions speak louder than words. So we have this story from BuzzFeed. They say, here's how the National Security Agency will protect itself during a pandemic. Secret documents sketch out the worst case scenario for a 1918-like pandemic and no effective response. I don't know where we're at in terms of, you know, are we on track to be like 1918? Is it all overhyped? You're going to hear a lot of different things from a lot of different people. What I can say is don't expect the government to come out and tell you the world is ending because then people would panic. And the best thing they can do is say, remain calm. Things are going to be okay, which is one of the reasons Trump probably downplayed this in the beginning, though I think I'm very critical of him for doing so. I can understand you don't want panic. When Trump then announced the, the, the European travel restrictions, they accused him of inciting panic. So there's really nothing you can do. So I'm not going to trust the government because I understand people are panicky and nuts. Have you seen the video of people raiding the toilet paper? Yeah, these people are not smart. They're jamming themselves into tight spaces with other people. That's how you get sick. That's how you get viruses. And all for toilet paper? Nah, man. Let's check out this story from BuzzFeed. They say the Department of Health and Human Services has recommended that intelligence community personnel have at least three months worth of food on hand in the event of an uncontrolled pandemic. The recommendation was contained in an unclassified influenza contingency plan drafted in 2009 by the National Security Agency. It details the sweeping steps the spy agency should take to keep its personnel safe and working on critical intelligence matters in the event of such a crisis. This is interesting. The uh, FEMA has told people to actually stock up because they can't take care of you. That's a fact. They've been advising Americans of this since Katrina. And what do Americans do? They gloat, they laugh. Everything will always be perfect, they say. And now look where we are. Have you been to your local store recently? I was just talking to uh, someone nearby. The local Walmart, I posted pictures. Go to my Instagram. Go to, go to Instagram.com slash Timcast and you'll see the, the photos we posted. I'm in the burbs. You know, I thought you'd still be able to buy this stuff. Now the toilet paper is gone. So have you taken this seriously? Let me tell you something. I'm not by any means a prepper. I am not going to stock up. Even I probably wouldn't get three months of supplies. But it is interesting when the government is advising its intelligence officers, agents, or whatever you want to call it, personnel, to have three months of supplies, food, three months of food on hand for in, in the event of, a, of, a, uh, of an uncontrolled pandemic. The reason this is interesting to me is because how do you know when it will start? You don't. In which case, 
Do they really expect these people to stock up on supplies well beforehand? I would assume the answer is yes. They assume that the people who are critical for the United States government will have these supplies. But now think about that for a second. I understand why we want to make sure our intelligence community has access to these supplies so they can, you know, if some crazy thing happens, they can keep working. But I also recognize that I want to survive too. And a lot of that responsibility, the overwhelming majority falls on me. While I do trust to a certain degree people within law enforcement and, you know, national security to try and protect American citizens, again, to a certain degree. I also know the responsibility is on me to get my supplies. This is fascinating. Now check this out. The New York Times highlights how this guy was going around buying all of these supplies, hand sanitizer, etc. And we can see that the price from January to March for disinfecting wipes, wipes, hand sanitizer, and N95 masks skyrocketed. That's crazy. And so I guess the, uh, the yellow is the third party sellers. Amazon has even begun selling less too. So I recently went on Amazon to buy some disinfecting wipes. I figured they'd still be there because I've been buying stuff on Amazon with no problem. Not unavailable. You can't get them. Delivery will come in like weeks to a month. I didn't realize that. And you know what? I understand they're saying you want three months supply of food, whatever. That's what, they're, what the government is advising its own people. I didn't do that either. They say the 50 page document obtained by BuzzFeed News last July following a six year Freedom of Information Act battle tracks closely with steps that have now been widely adopted by Americans facing the current coronavirus outbreak, which the World Health Organization officially declared a global pandemic this week. The contingency plan was drafted in response to a 2006 directive from then President George W. Bush that called upon federal government agencies to implement a national strategy for a potential influenza pandemic. The new coronavirus is a novel virus in the same family as those that caused SARS and MERS. So far, it has spread to more than 132,000 people across the globe, killing more than 4,900, mostly in China. While the coronavirus is much more deadly than influenza, a flu pandemic can also have devastating impacts. The Spanish flu killed almost 50 million people world, 50 million people worldwide. Now, now I'm going to do, I'm going to do a promo for the, the company I've shouted out in the past, and I'm doing it because, I mean, look, this story literally just came out from BuzzFeed last night, and I thought, check, check, check this out safeandreadymeals.com is selling two-week, four-week emergency food or longer. There's a shipping delay, but I still recommend that you get this. I'm giving this a shout out for two reasons. First, to be completely honest, when you buy from them, it does support my channel. This is a sponsorship, 100%. But I only do it because I sincerely think it's a good idea. You'll notice if you watch my channel, I almost never shout anything out. Rarely ever. There's like one or two companies I might give a shout out to. This is one of them. Because months ago, I said, go to the site, get what you need. It's like, seriously, two weeks is 80 bucks. I get it. A lot of people might not have that, but it's not that much for what you're getting. A two-week supply, it's 92 servings. Now, there is a, there, there is a delay. And apparently, I think there's a, there's a limit of two per household. Yes, <laughs> because if you go to your local stores, you're going to see everything's bought out. Let me tell you something right now. This is, this is a BuzzFeed story. It's legit. The New York Times story, it's legit. They are telling you the government is recommending their own people to have a three-month supply. I wouldn't even do that. And I feel kind of stupid saying that. I don't want to be seen as some dumb prepper, you know. I'm not saying preppers are dumb, but as some, like, you know, overreacting, panicky dude saying, ah, go do this. I'll tell you what, man. We went out and shopping at our supplies, and now they're telling us there's going to be a supply chain disruption in the coming months. So if you think it's bad now, it's apparently going to get worse. 
So yes, first and foremost, there is a delay on shipping. It doesn't mean you shouldn't get in line now. And that way you get them on a first, it's a first come first serve basis. So in the description below, you'll see the link safeandreadymeals.com. I am, I am, I am legitimately and sincerely saying, I am telling you this because yes, it does support my channel. Full disclosure. It supports me and my work, but more importantly, I think literally, I, I mean this, we're seeing from BuzzFeed how the government is telling their own people to take care of themselves. We are seeing from FEMA straight up saying you need to have supplies. Don't let the people shame you into not taking care of yourself. And look, if you don't want to buy from them, just please make sure you have gone to the store and gotten what you can. Do not overbuy like these lunatics. Do not panic buy. I mean, this guy, in my opinion, I have, I have no respect for. It's, 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 it's just so disgusting. He thought he was going to go and, and buy up all this so people couldn't get it. Now he's going to sell it. Now he can't. Guess what? Now we can't get it. I wanted to buy disinfecting wipes and you bought, look at all that stuff he's got in his garage. Listen, the prices get gouged. People start scalping. You do not want to go out and buy a million things and hoard it in your basement. You want to just make sure you have the supplies you need to last you according to the government for three months. That to me is extreme. I, 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 I look, man, I understand there's a lot of people who have like eight months to a year of supplies and they're going to be laughing at me if slash when we ever encounter an extended disruption in supplies, I get it. But man, there is, there is still a hurdle for me to get over. A lot of people won't buy anything. A lot of people won't go get supplies. You know what, man? I don't know. I don't know what to tell you because to an extent, I feel similarly like I got a couple weeks worth of food and stuff. I got a couple weeks worth of emergency food as well. So look, I'll, I, you, you get it. Seriously, I mean it. If you guys, you know, outside of the coronavirus or anything else, we had those tornadoes in Nashville. I, I want people to stay safe. I don't want people to think rationally. And I'm not some, you know, gun-toting prepper thinking the world is, world is going to end. I just think sometimes you need food. I think we need to eat every day for the most part. Not really, but, you know, for the most part. And I think sometimes disasters happen. So I really do hope you consider this. But uh, let's get back to the BuzzFeed story. They say, they actually show the documents. It's, it's interesting. They say, since 2013, BuzzFeed News has filed more than two dozen public records requests with multiple federal agencies seeking their influenza pandemic plans. Many agencies have refused. As recently as Thursday, the Securities and Exchange Commission cited an exemption under FOIA that applies to internal personnel rules and practices of an agency. The NSA did not respond to a request for comment about whether the contingency plan it issued a decade ago has been updated and if it can be applied to the coronavirus pandemic. However, an official with the Office of Director of National Intelligence, which oversees the intelligence community, told BuzzFeed News the agency intends to implement guidance issued by the Office of Personnel Management to ensure the intelligence community's mission remains uninterrupted. The IC has numerous missions requiring a global workforce presence, the official said, referring to the intelligence community. Agencies are developing preparation and response plans consistent with federal guidelines and regulations. During a pandemic, the NSA's 2009 plan states that every time affiliates, civilian or military personnel assigned to work at the agency, enter a government building, they would be screened for fever or other flu-like symptoms in an area outfitted with special airflow and filtration capabilities. The plan also limits employee travel and requires a physician's clearance to return from work after illness. In a crisis, the plan would give NSA leadership the ability to quarantine individuals, campuses, or NSA, NSA headquarters. Some workers would be asked to do jobs they don't normally do uh, to, quote, staff critical mission functions for the NSA. During a pandemic, 
the agency would make evacuation payments to workers so they can reach a safe haven and continue working. The NSA also planned to provide access to psychologists and social workers to address stress. Now I will point something else out. Check it out. So, so I think this is the, uh, this is the NSA FOIA document. It says, remain in country, enough food for 12 weeks. Man, I'm not even saying to buy that much, but maybe it's dumb. Maybe you really should get more than 12 weeks. If, if they want their critical op, you know, personnel to keep working, this is what they think they need to keep functioning. What about you? To you, to them, you aren't as important. It's a utilitarian thing. And I get it. The government's probably thinking, look, man, if one carpenter, if one insurance salesman doesn't have supplies, we'll be okay as long as our, our critical infrastructure in government has their supplies. But if that's the case, I hope you're looking at what the government is telling its own people that they need to survive and taking it seriously. So maybe, yeah, 12 weeks. Leave early while able. That's incredible. This stuff is legit. You want, you want, you want to go after the preppers and accuse them of being, you know, uh, panicky or whatever. The, our own government is, is telling people this stuff. Look at this. Stockpiling masks. Medication. Developing communication for, work, for workforce. What do you mean stockpiling masks? They told us not to do that. It's true that a mask alone will not prevent you from getting sick. It does reduce the, the probabilities by, uh, by some. But here's the issue. There's proper procedure for taking off contaminated gear. I've gone through it when I, went to, when I was in Japan in Fukushima. If you only have the mask and you don't know what you're doing, it's not going to help you. And that's the risk. But they still tell their critical personnel to stockpile masks. Incredible. Flight funneling, quarantine, medical countermeasures, antiviral medication, pandemic vaccine, pre-pandemic vaccine. The plan pointed out that simple steps such as social distancing and proper hand washing are effective at slowing the spread of the virus. And the plan said that the goal of public health officials should be to slow down the rate of infection and limit the burden on medical staff and hospitals. This is what they are doing right now. They're telling all of us this. If this, if this is in the documents, I'm willing to bet they all have three months of supplies available while they're telling you not to go out and go panic shopping. But that's, that's fair. You know, you shouldn't panic shop. But they've got three months of supplies. The plan is supplemented by a PowerPoint presentation titled Pandemic Planning that was written by the Department of Health and Human Services and contains specific recommendations for the intelligence community. In one slide, HHS made stark predictions about a possible viral outbreak. We don't know when the next pandemic will occur, which influenza virus will cause it, or how severe it will be. You know, it's funny. And I don't mean funny, haha. The coronavirus is substantially worse than the flu. Think about that for a second. They don't want you to panic. They don't want you to go raid stores, and you shouldn't. But you, you should be vigilant and be prepared because this is worse than the flu. We caught it early. Don't look at the numbers and say, but the flu is worse because we caught it early. The exponential growth is here and people are starting to freak out. A slide titled Pandemic Severity Index ranks threat levels. The top level is at category five, which at least 2% of infected people die. Oh, you got to be kidding me, man. This is nuts. Assuming an 1918 like pandemic, and no effective response, the document said, more than 1.9 million Americans would die and 9.9 million others would require hospitalization. Another slide titled Pandemic Policy to Maintain the IC Mission Objectives suggests that intelligence officers based overseas leave foreign countries early, return home, and have enough food for 12 weeks and stockpile masks and medication. They said they updated its pandemic influenza, uh, influenza plan in 2017. 
And this is a link to the uh, CDC. They say the top level, category five, at which at least 2% of infected people die. The global mortality rate is around 3%, according, well, according to various sources. It could be as low as one, could be as high as three. We've heard 2%, but we are in that range. This very well may be a health and human services category five pandemic. Not the end of the world. I certainly don't think so. But here in Jersey, they just shut down all the schools. They've suspended public gatherings. I pr- I'm pr- we have a national emergency. That's it. Doesn't matter if your state's declared it or not. We're in a national emergency. This is what the government is telling their people to do. By all means, go on Twitter and mock and belittle me and anyone else who wants to buy supplies. Please do it. I don't care. If you want to look at how the government is reacting to this and mock them, I think you're insane. Could you imagine someone in the CIA going and buying three months of supplies and people on Twitter laughing about it? Who <laughs> how stupid they are. Look how stupid they are buying three months of supplies. I guess, uh, you know, they say, do as I say, not as I do. That's the saying, right? Actions speak louder than words. If the government is straight up telling people to do this, if the government is reacting like this is, you know, a, a major serious national emergency and you're not, hubris, hubris will be your downfall. Think about what Sun Tzu had said that, you know, uh, I'll paraphrase, but you never underestimate your enemy. And in this instance, the coronavirus is our enemy. Wouldn't you rather be safe than sorry? I don't know. Some people think it's funny. Just say it's stupid to buy emergency food. But I'm, I'm after reading this, I don't know, man. At, at what point do you panic, right? So I'm going to give a shout out to the amazing atheist because he tweeted this. He said, people keep saying don't panic. You know, now is not the time to panic. But I'm pre- he, said, he said, I'm pretty sure a global pandemic and a market crash is the time to panic. When do you panic then? Like never when everything's great? Well, the reality is you never want to panic. Panic implies you're not thinking rationally. So do not panic. The people who are going to store and stocking up on a year's supply of toilet paper, toilet paper are panicking. And so they're getting in close quarters with people and they're going to get sick and you can't eat toilet paper. These people seem to think that the infection goes after your butthole. <laughs> it doesn't. You need food. And the government says three months to their people. I don't know what they're telling us, you know, but they're telling their own personnel three months. I don't look, you don't, you don't got to take my word for it. Take their word for it. You don't want to take BuzzFeed's word for it. Well, BuzzFeed published the documents. So I'm going to say it one last time, man. Safeandreadymeals.com. Safeandreadymeals.com. In the description below, click, click the link. It's not that expensive for what you get. 252 servings, $197. And you put it in your closet, or I don't want to say that. You store it properly, and you can forget about it, and you buy it once. They, the, they say it lasts up to 25 years. So I don't know exactly how they require storage. It's, it's dehydrated food. You do what you want. Don't get this. That's fine. Okay. I'm going to do me. I'm going to make sure that I'm listening. And look, man, I, I, I hate doing these shout outs. I really, really do. YouTube is absolutely demonetizing all this content. So I think it is, it's a benefit for my channel. I appreciate the support, but I'm only shouting them out because I do think it matters. I got told by Google recently that I was allowed to talk about this now. They said, we're going to whitelist your channels. Go ahead and talk about the coronavirus. I've got dozens of videos on the coronavirus, all demonetized. And I was covering this before it came a national emergency. And they've demonetized it every step of the way. YouTube restricting access to important information. And if they didn't do this, 
and they allowed us to talk about it, many more people would be better prepared for what's to come. Yesterday, I did a video on my main channel, mostly talking about China and manufacturing. And they told me, you will be okay to make this. And they still demonetized me. And 24 hours later, they reinstated. That's what they do. YouTube is restricting access to important information on this. So you do whatever you want. If you don't want to buy the stuff, don't do it. Fine. I don't care. I already did. I've got my emergency food and you can laugh all day and night. But I just had a conversation with some locals outside my house and people are really worried. Schools are shut down for the next 60 days. They don't, they don't know what they're going to do. Maybe it's an overreaction. Maybe it's not. But I'll tell you this. They said, this is BuzzFeed News reporting, okay? This is not PrepperCentral.com. This is not conspiracy, whatever. It's not InfoWars. It's BuzzFeed News saying the government says the worst, the top level is a category five with a 2% mortality rate. And that's what we are seeing. Don't panic. Please don't panic. Be calm. For the most part, I think we're going we're gonna to be fine here. My frustration right now is mostly on all of the people who are laughing it up or were. I'm really annoyed by it. They were posting on Twitter, laughing, giggling how stupid everyone was. And if they convinced even one person not to go out and take care of themselves, you know what? The responsibility always falls on you. If you want to if you want to listen to the, the crazy saying, don't get ready for disasters. Well, you go ahead and do it. And then don't come knocking on my door when you need a first aid kit or you need water or food. But these people who are encouraging others, man, encouraging others not to, to take care of themselves, that's some messed up stuff, I got to say. Stick around. I'll see you all at 4 p.m. on the main channel, youtube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out. It was recently reported that Mexico was considering shutting down their northern border, which is the American border, because they don't want Americans with the coronavirus coming into their country. We're now hearing that Guatemala has banned arrivals from the U.S. and Canada to fight the coronavirus. How interesting, because when Donald Trump or conservatives complain that for the similar reasons, they don't want illegal immigrants just coming into the country, they're called xenophobic, racist bigots. I am not exaggerating. Let me show you the article from Vox. Trump's coronavirus speech was laced with xenophobia. World leaders have long linked germs and immigrants to stoke fear in moments of crisis. All right, Vox, um, could you do me a favor and write an article titled Guatemala is racist and xenophobic? Because telling people that Americans can't come there because they have germs. Well, that's xenophobic, isn't it? Oh, what's that? You're not going to write that article because your opinions are fake and all you can do is scream orange man bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. It's fake news. but We've got a couple updates on the coronavirus as we move into the later segments. Let's read the first story from U.S. News. Guatemala bans arrivals. This is, this, is, this is kind of, it's kind of funny. Guatemala will from Monday widen travel restrictions to fight the spread of coronavirus, banning arrivals from the United States and Canada. President Alejandro Giamate said on Friday, we are therefore announcing that everyone who arrives from Canada and the United States between now and midnight on Monday will be subject to quarantining. The president said he had also asked the Mexican government to halt deportations of migrants by land to Guatemala. No cruise ships will be allowed to dock, but public events and schools and school classes will go ahead for the time being. Earlier this week, Guatemala banned arrivals from European countries, China, Iran, South Korea and North Korea. Earlier, earlier in the day, the Central American country announced its first case of confirmed coronavirus infection. The man had come to Guatemala from Madrid via Colombia, Giamate said. Now, this is really interesting. 
The, the virus is spreading. Borders are being shut down. But now we're seeing Guatemala, of all places, telling Europe, China and America, y'all can't come here. Now, are they going to come out and say that's racist and bigoted? Of course they won't. Meanwhile, everything seems to be falling apart. This is breaking news. As of the time of filming this video, France orders non-essential public places to close. Let's refresh. See if we've got an update here. Uh, we have a little bit here. Here's what they say. French Prime Minister Ed- Edouard Philippe has ordered the closure of all non-essential public locations from midnight in response to the coronavirus outbreak. The measure applies to restaurants, cafes, cinemas, and discos, as well as non-essential businesses. Mr. Felipe also called on French people to reduce their travel, especially between towns. France reported a sharp rise in cases on Saturday from 3,661 to 4,499. It recorded 12 more deaths, bringing the death toll to 79. So this is hitting a ton of countries now. And we are, we, I, do, I do have another update for you. I've got a couple big updates. Trump has expanded the travel ban to the UK and Ireland over coronavirus concerns. Initially, Trump was saying that they were, you know, they were banning travel from Europe. Initially, it was just for European citizens. Now, Trump has actually clarified saying, if you are an American and you are tested, you will not come back. He's also expanded, expanded the travel ban to the UK because now they're seeing a significant uptick in cases. I think this is out of control. I think it's out of control. I think we can't stop it. And don't take my word for it. Actions speak louder than words. In this tweet from Molly McCoo, she is a writer, information warfare expert, foreign policy and strategic consultant. I'm not sure who she writes for. She says, DOD has told all service members, civilians, families, not to travel domestically for 60 days. Travel restrictions overseas on similar timeline plan on this timeline. Let me make sure this is absolutely clear for you. The DOD said no domestic travel. We're not talking about Europe. We're not talking about the UK. We're talking about New York to DC. We're talking about Phoenix to Los Angeles, Chicago to Vegas. This is likely going to get worse. 60 days. Do not as I uh, do as I say, not as I do, right? They're going to tell you what you should be doing, but look at what they're doing. They're taking this very, very seriously. It looks like there is a potential for domestic travel restrictions for the time being. I don't think we need it, though. Most people are just not traveling as it is, in which case we'll probably be okay in in a certain in a a certain light. But it's kind of crazy. I mean, look, I got to be honest. I work from home. I go to the store, pick up supplies. I come back. I wake up. I live upstairs. I work downstairs. We got stuff, you know, stuff in the back. I don't have I don't have a big reason to leave. We're building the space out here. So I'm not seeing the direct impact like a lot of you are probably seeing. I'm just reading about the news. But now we're seeing the streets of New York deserted. France is saying all non-essential businesses are being shut down. I think things are getting things are getting a bit nuts, man. I'll tell you what. We are on track for an Italy-like scenario and full quarantine. If there's if they're shutting down Apple retail stores, that's by choice, but France is doing this, how long until it happens here? I think it's going to happen soon, but more importantly, I think in the US, people are going to be very individualist, so they're going to say, "Hey man, I'm not coming out and exposing myself to the virus, so they're going to stay home of their own volition. Well, let's read a little bit about the, the, the expanded travel ban to get a general idea of where the U.S. is currently at. Now, the DOD has said no domestic travel for 60 days. Take that into consideration as to where we go next, because this is the, what the government's doing first for themselves. Let's see if it expands to the public. So far, Trump is Europe-wide, apparently, a travel ban. 
President Trump has ordered for travel to be suspended from the United Kingdom and Ireland as the United States seeks to stem the spread of the coronavirus domestically. The restrictions, which take effect Monday night at midnight, don't apply to American travelers returning to the U.S. Now, that's confusing. Vice President Pence said during a White House briefing, before Pence formally announced the restrictions, Trump, who made his fourth appearance in the briefing room to discuss the coronavirus, indicated they were imminent during a back and forth with reporters. They've had a little bit of activity, unfortunately, Trump told reporters at the briefing referring to the UK and Ireland. During the briefing, the president announced that he has been tested for the coronavirus and would have the results in a few days, saying he did so because of questions from the media. Trump earlier this week announced restrictions on travelers from European countries that are part of the Schengen area, with that ban taking effect Friday night at midnight. Those restrictions, Trump, with, uh, which Trump unveiled during a rare Oval Office address Wednesday evening, excluded the UK and Ireland. The decision prompted questions, given that the UK has reported more than a thousand cases of coronavirus, more than other countries included in the restrictions. Trump said Saturday, his administration is also considering domestic travel restrictions. If you don't have to travel, I wouldn't do it. We want this thing to end. We don't want a lot of people being infected. Pence noted that Americans and legal residents can still return from countries where travel has been suspended and will be asked to self-quarantine for 14 days. Acting Homeland Security Chief Chad Wolf said that the restrictions like those announced earlier this week would not apply to trade and cargo coming from the UK and Ireland. Saturday's announcement is one of several the Trump administration has rolled out in recent days as it seeks to mitigate the spread of the virus within the United States. Trump on Friday declared a natu- uh, national, not natural, national emergency over the coronavirus, a move that opens up billions of dollars in funding for state officials to respond to the outbreak. He also said his administration would take steps to speed up testing, including by opening up drive-through locations. The House of Representatives overnight Friday passed legislation backed by Trump and helping American families impacted by the outbreak of COVID-19. Among its provisions, the legislation ensures all Americans can receive free testing, offers paid or fa- or sick f- paid family or sick leave, and bolsters unemployment benefits. Several cities and states have banned large gatherings in an effort to slow the spread of the virus. There's been a widespread cancellation of events, and many employers are telling their workers to stay at home. So-called social distancing measures are key to slowing the spread of the virus and ensuring hospitals aren't overwhelmed by sick patients. It was the media and many on the left who were screeching Trump wasn't doing enough. Now Trump is saying they are considering domestic travel restrictions. How can there be an election? How can there be a Democratic National Convention if people can't travel even domestically? In which case, they may postpone all of this, and we don't know for how long. Some estimates have said this can be two months, and the DOD is telling, telling their people 60 days. So yeah, I think we should operate on that timeline. It is very likely you will be held up for two months. I hope you got supplies. And if you did, then you can sit back, and now it's your turn to laugh at everybody who mocked you when you said you, ne- when you, said you needed them. In France, they're shutting down cafes and restaurants. So if you don't have food, this may happen here. And I think it is extremely likely. I really, really do. So I hope you were heeding the warnings of me and many others. And I hope you ignored the naysayers who think they're smarter than you. I warned you, don't let anyone shame you into not taking care of yourself. Now, I personally, I don't think I have two months worth of supplies, not for me and the people I work with. So we'll see how things play out. But I think I'll be at least better than most people who ignored this and laughed. 
in France, in, in Italy, in China, in many other countries, we have seen this get to the point where they have locked everything down. There is no reason to believe it will be any different. And based on the trends we've seen so far, it's likely going to come here. I don't know about, I don't, I don't know how travel restrictions will look. And honestly, I don't know how you stop someone from getting their car and just driving. Checkpoints, perhaps. That's what they're doing in Italy. And I told you it might come. If they do domestic restrictions, if they order businesses to shut down like France did, I, I don't know, man. I hope you got supplies. I'll leave it there. I'll see you all in a few minutes in the next segment. Thanks for hanging out. You may remember him as he tried to become the governor of Florida. Now, ex-Florida governor candidate Andrew Gillum was caught in a Miami Beach hotel room where drugs were found. And let me just let me just let you I'll just tell you this headline is a little bit light. There was a gay male escort and methamphetamines found along with this guy who is a Democratic gubernatorial, uh, gubernatorial or whatever you say, whatever the word is, is running for governor. Now, you know what, man? I, I don't know if this is a Democrat thing or whatever, but maybe it's a Florida man thing. You know the story about Florida man? Basically, because of Florida sunshine laws, we get access to all these criminal records. We can see just how crazy people really are. And now we can see these guys are really crazy. Let's read this story. And then I actually have an ex- uh, the Daily Mail figured out who this guy was. Let's, let's read so I can give the context. A Miami Beach police report about an apparent drug overdose in a Miami Beach hotel room overnight Thursday says that one of the three men present in the room was former Florida gubernatorial candidate Andrew Gillum along with three small plastic bags containing suspected crystal meth. The incident could mark a sudden end to Gillum's political star, which shone brightly for many Democrats even after he lost the 2018 election for governor. Shortly after reporters began making inquiries on Friday, Gillum confirmed his presence in the hotel room in a written statement and announced he was going into seclusion. He said he would appreciate privacy during this time and said he would spend the next few weeks with his family. Here is Gillum's explanation. I was in Miami last night for a wedding celebration when first responders were called to assist one of my friends. While I had too much to drink, I want to be clear that I have never used methamphetamines. I apologize to the people of Florida for the distraction this has caused our movement, a movement which Gillum is probably not going to be a part of for in the near future. The police report says that officers responded to a room at 1100 West Ave, which is the address of the Mondrian South Beach police, uh, address of the Mondrian South Beach. Police found, uh, found fire rescue staff treating a man for a possible drug overdose. Police found two other men in the room, including Gillum, described as an involved other. One of the men told police that when he arrived at the hotel party after 11 p.m. Thursday, Gillum and the person having the medical issue were inside the room under the influence of an unknown substance. One of the men said Gillum and the person were both under the influence. The police report said that on arriving, an officer observed Mr. Gillum inside the bathroom vomiting. Officers then attempted to speak to Mr. Gillum. Mr. Gillum was unable to communicate with officers due to his inebriated inebriated state. The report also said that fire rescue responded a second time to the hotel for a welfare check on Gillum and determined he was in stable condition and his vital signs were normal. Gillum won a stunning primary victory in 2018. He was the lone leftist progressive in his party's nomination, winning with 34% of the vote. Three other moderate centrists split 62% of the vote. Gillum went on to lose the November election to Republican Ron DeSantis. 
Since the loss, he's maintained his political activities in Florida, largely through an effort to engage voters and increased voter registration. He had widely been expected to run for office again. He's also working as, a, as an on-camera CNN political commentator. Gillum said he was thankful to Miami Beach's emergency medical responders for the way they handled the situation. I will spend the next few weeks with my family and appreciate privacy during this time. Now, you may be wondering, who is this man who is overdosing, presumably on meth, along with his Democratic governor candidate buddy who is vomiting in the bathroom? Well, it turns out that we actually we actually have photos of this guy. Daily Mail says exclusive. This is the gay escort found overdosed on meth in a South floor in a South Beach hotel room with top Florida Democrat Andrew Gillum, a married father of three who says he was just drunk at a wedding. This is the hunky gay escort found naked and overdosing on crystal meth in a hotel room with a leading Democrat. Dailymail.com can reveal. They go on to explain the story we just read. Cops found three plastic bags of suspected crystal meth. And the third man present, Aldo Mejias, told officers that Gilliam and Dyson had been under the influence of an unknown substance, according to a police report obtained by the Daily Mail. So here's a photo of the guy. Paramedics were called to the room after Dyson, a male escort, overdosed on crystal meth. The report also noted that 40-year-old Gilliam, a former Tallahassee mayor and regular CNN contributor, was seen vomiting in the bathroom and required a welfare check. Police are not pressing charges over the incident, and Gillum denies taking drugs. However, he later issued a groveling apology on, over his behavior. So, I, so we read that apology already. He said, uh, yeah, he said he apologizes. Miami Beach, Miami Beach resident Dyson describes himself as a trauma-certified ER nurse on social media, where he posts photos of himself working out in the gym, partying at gay night spots, and lounging on luxury yachts. But DailyMail.com can reveal He also posts explicit photos and homemade porn movies online and has previously had a profile on the rent.men website, which advertises male escorts and sex workers. Let me let me slow down for a second. Assuming this is all true. A top Democrat in Florida, a progressive far leftist, was found in a hotel room under the influence, vomiting in a bathroom with a gay male escort who was overdosing on meth. That's the story. (laughs) You know what? I thought this coronavirus stuff was crazy, but I tell you what, there's always something to show us that this, this stim- the simulation is, is, on, is on the fritz, okay? Did you guys see the thing where Sarah Palin was rapping a certain mix a lot? I thought the simulation was about to crash when that was happening. Now this? Yikes. I'm joking, by the way, about the simulation stuff, but the general idea is that we, we must not be in, in, in a real world, right? How can this be a reality? And I'll tell you what, man, I know people, people take issue with the clown world being the far left claims it's alt-right or whatever. Dude, listen, the, the joke is that this world is so crazy. Certainly the plot of it must have been written by clowns. Let me make this clear for you. A far left Democratic candidate who nearly became governor was just found vomiting and under the influence of an unknown substance in a hotel bathroom while a gay male escort was overdosing on meth. The aristocrats. Am I right? It's not clear how he is connected to Gillum, who narrowly missed out on becoming Florida governor in 2018. Gillum met his wife, R. Jai Howard, while they were studying at Florida A&M, and together they have three young children. When contacted by the Miami New Times, Dyson said he had known Gillum for a while, but didn't know anything about a wedding. All right. 
According to Miami Beach Police Department, officers were called out at 12.55 a.m. after reports of a guest suffering a cardiac arrest at the four-star Mondrian Hotel, where the room costs upward of $220 per night. They arrived to find paramedics performing first aid on Dyson in the wake of a suspected drug overdose and preparing to take him to the hospital. Mejias described the report as the complainant, described in the report as the complainant, wow, told officers he had given his credit card details to Dyson on Thursday afternoon to rent a hotel room. Mr. Mejias arrived at the hotel approximately 2307 hours, where he discovered Travis Dyson and Andrew Gillum inside the room under the influence of an unknown substance. Per Mr. Mejias, Mr. Dyson opened the hotel room door and immediately walked over to the bed and collapsed in a prone position. Mr. Mejias observed Mr. Gillum inside the bathroom vomiting. Mr. Mejias stated that he observed Mr. Dyson having difficulty breathing, prompting him to wake him up. Mr. Dyson then began vomiting on the bed and immediately collapsed again. Mr. Mejias began conducting chest compressions on Mr. Dyson and proceeded to contact police and fire rescue. Officers then attempted to speak to Mr. Gillum. Mr. Gillum was unable to communicate with the officers due to his inebriated state. Look at these photos. The reports as officers performed several welfare checks. Yeah, 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 we get that part. Inside of the hotel room, officers observed in plain sight three small clear plastic baggies containing suspected crystal meth on both the bed and floor of the hotel room. Mr. Gillum left the hotel room and returned to his residence without incident. No arrests were made and police do not plan on bringing charges. At this time, the incident is not being investigated investigated as a criminal matter, said a spokesman for the Miami Beach Police Department. You mean to tell me cops found what they believe to be crystal meth and Andrew Gillum just gets to walk away from this? Dude, you know, there are people in New York, stop and frisk, get thrown up against the wall, frisked. They don't find anything. So they write them up a jaywalking ticket. There's one video going viral where a kid got arrested for resisting arrest. That's it. And the kid wasn't even resisting arrest. This stuff happens all the time. You know what I see here? First of all, I call this Democrat privilege. High profile Democrat busted with, with what the cops thought was drugs and a gay male escort overdosing, presumably. Presumably, I must say, I don't get sued. And he walks away. No questions asked. Come on, man. You know what? We've seen tons of stories where it looks like many Democrats have engaged in bad behavior and then nothing ever comes of it. That's Democrat privilege. This guy, is he going to get arrested? No, they're not. They're not investigating. That's it. That's the story. The, how, do, how, do, how do you, you know what, man? I have heard stories of people getting arrested for soap. Google search it. A guy gets pulled up. Uh, a guy gets pulled over. The cops find a baggie of, of white and blue powder, arrest the guy thinking it was a drug and it was laundry detergent. Yet this is a guy, a dude literally on the floor with paramedics around him. And the cops are like, no, nah, you're good. <laughs> All right. You're good, buddy. We get it. You know what, man? I can't say life is boring. I certainly can't. But of course, you know, we'll, we'll see if this guy actually faces political ramifications because of it, because I'm willing to bet. No, nothing's going to happen. Whatever. I'll see you all in the next segment in a few minutes. So many celebrities and companies in this country just love China, a country with concentration camps, which is oppressing people in Hong Kong. Well, party to the oppression of people in Hong Kong amidst these, these protests. China is an authoritarian dictatorship run by the Communist Party of China. Yet for some reason, American celebrities, big tech firms just want to suckle the teat of that sweet Chinese money. And that should be scary to everybody. If you believe in freedom, liberty, civil rights, you ain't get any of that with China. And now we can see on Twitter, 
They will not remove Chinese officials tweet suggesting U.S. Army introduced virus into Wuhan. But you know what they will do? They will label a tweet from Donald Trump manipulated because they clipped that mid-sentence of Joe Biden. Joe Biden said we can only reelect Donald Trump if, in fact, we engage in a circular, a circular firing squad. Well, a bunch of Trump supporters shared a version of that. That was just the beginning where Joe Biden said we can only reelect Donald Trump. They thought it was funny. Twitter said this is fake news. Manipulated tag peers right on that video. What about Joe Biden's fake news? What about Joe Biden clipping Donald Trump's press conference to make it seem like he was praising neo-Nazis? Did uh, uh, is 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 Twitter going to label that? No, Twitter fuses to label deceptive Biden video as manipulated. Go figure. But I'll tell you what, if a Democrat does it, it's fine. If a Chinese official is trying to push a conspiracy theory amid a global panic that it was the U.S. who created the Wuhan coronavirus. Oh, that's all okay. But how dare Donald Trump retweet a meme post? Manipulated videos. It's not even fair to call it manipulated. It's just an out of context clip. They all do it. They've always done it. It's always gross, but it's normal. So you want to label Trump manipulated? Fine. Label Biden's manipulated. And that's what Trump actually said. And Twitter said no. Let's read the first story about why Twitter is basically supporting China. A Chinese official's tweets suggesting the U.S. Army is responsible for injecting coronavirus into Wuhan, China, will not be removed. A Twitter spokesman told the Daily Caller News Foundation. They say it's from politician Li Jian Zhao, suggesting the U.S. is trying to keep a se- keep secret a plan to inject the virus into China. They say it does not violate Twitter's rules. A company spokesman said the spokesman reiterated the company's existing rules, but did not provide a reason for speaking anon- anonymously. All right. It doesn't break the rules. I get it. You want to put a tag on it saying conspiracy, fake news, or how about you just link with a little tag, you link to the CDC's information on the origin and what's going on with the coronavirus. And they don't do it. You know, most of the videos I've done about coronavirus have a, a, a link put under the video linking you to the CDC. Now, I don't mind that, but they're, they're certainly coming after channels like mine, demonetizing it. Yet when these people from China come out with lies trying to accuse the United States, Twitter's like, nah, whatever. We don't care. Zhao is a deputy director of China's foreign ministry uh, information department. Zhao falsely stated in a Thursday tweet that Centers for Disease Control Robert Redfield was arrested before floating the conspiracy theory to his 317,000 followers. When did patient zero appear in the United States? How many people are infected? What is the name of the hospital? He said, it may be that the US military brought the epidemic to Wuhan. Zhao added, America needs to be transparent. The United States owes us an explanation. Now, you know what? I'm all about free speech. So I don't necessarily think it should be deleted. The problem is the double standard. That is the real issue. Because if you are Trump and you, and you share a meme video, they will flag you. They will strike you down. And they have repeatedly said, oh, they're going to they're gonna smear and label and shadow ban and all this stuff. So the Trump supporters, they get it. The progressives now are getting some of the business too. Watching the progressives get, get suspended on Twitter over calling out Joe Biden has been kind of funny. I disagree with it, but I'm going to laugh. I'm sorry. You deserve it. Now, I will get your back when they suspend you. I've made videos about the progressives getting banned because they're challenging the Democratic establishment. But come on, how many of these people cheered for the censorship when it was benefiting them? Now they're upset about it. Mm, I get it. Let's check. Let's check. Uh, let's take a look at this Twitter, uh, this tweet thing. 
They say a misleading campaign advertisement tweeted by Biden, March 3rd, 2020, attacked President Donald Trump and his reaction to the novel coronavirus. The video was cut to suggest Trump said coronavirus. This is their new hoax. Twitter said it will not add the same label to Biden's clip because of the date it was tweeted. The social media giant recently announced a new policy where certain content will be labeled as manipulated media if it appears as though it was edited deceptively. A Trump campaign video was one of the first to receive this label. The new policy began on March 5th, according to Twitter. Since Biden's video was tweeted out on March 3rd, Twitter will not be labeling it as manipulated media. The decision stands even after the Washington Post gave Biden's manipulated campaign advertisement four Pinocchios in a fact check March 13th, Twitter Twitter added. uh, Twitter added, ultimately, the seriousness of the coronavirus outbreak, the fact that Trump has had clarified his comment on the matter before the ad was released, and the blatant way the Biden camp isolated this remarks about the American dream pushed us to four Pinocchios, according to WAPO. Campaigns must be willing to make their case without resorting to video manipulation. You know what, man? Credit where credit is due. I'm surprised the Washington Post actually did this. The Daily Mail uses an archive of the of the article, and I'll tell you why. These news outlets tend to do what's what's called stealth edits. They won't notify you they changed the story, so sometimes it has to be it has to be archived. Is that they're going to say Biden's manipulated video has sparked backlash from the Trump campaign, who has called on Twitter to label it as manipulated media? The campaign accused the social media platform of ignoring a letter sent Monday about the situation. Twitter previously told the Daily Caller that they received the request and intend to respond. Biden's video contains a second manipulated section that has not been fact-checked by WAPO. The video shared by former vice president also suggests that Trump called a group of white supremacists very fine people. Trump's comments during the deadly 2017 Charlottesville rally, where he said there are very fine people on both sides, has been brought up by Biden's campaign in the past. He launched his campaign on it, not just brought up. The former vice president claimed in February that Trump has yet yet once to condemn white supremacy, the neo-Nazis. This was confirmed to be false by fact check, as Trump has condemned white supremacy on more than one occasion. Here's what Joe Biden did. There is a long press conference where Donald Trump says there were some very fine people protesting what they thought of, you know, taking down a statue. And then he went on to say, I am not talking about the white supremacists because they should be condemned totally. What the media did was they clipped out that part and ran that far and wide. It's literally the same thing Donald Trump and the conservatives did with the Joe Biden quote. And I'll tell you what, if you allow Joe Biden to run his whole campaign off a lie by cutting out context, you have just said to everyone, these are the rules. Here's what you need to do. So sure enough, you will see people like Dan Scavino. You know, he works for Trump and the Trump campaign and Donald Trump tweeting out these videos of Joe Biden in much the same way. And then Twitter comes out and plays these games. I'll tell you what, man, I have a serious concern, not just about this, but about why they're doing it. And I don't want to get all conspiratorial, but you know, Donald Trump has been very, very heavy handed on China. There are a lot of people who are in on the take and want that sweet Chinese money. There have been many academics who have been arrested for, for failing to provide, for failing to tell the federal government they're receiving money from China. Some of them have been accused of lying to the, to the federal government that they receive money from China. Why is that? Why are people so willing to sell out their country, sell out their, their maybe they don't even have any, have any principles to begin with. They take that money. Now we can see this. 
I'm not saying these things are linked. To an extent, they are. Orange man, bad. If it's, if it's good for Trump, it must be bad for them. So they're going to block it no matter what. You've got this Chinese conspiracy theory. They won't even label it as misleading or linked to the CDC. Fine. You don't have to. Whatever. But what about the Joe Biden thing? They're saying, you know what? We made the rule in response to Trump. Therefore, we're not going to apply the rule to anyone else. And we didn't make the rule in response to Joe Biden. Why didn't Twitter take action when Biden published the fake video in the first place? It's because Twitter doesn't care. It's because Twitter doesn't like Trump. It's because these companies are run by people who are who are uh, biased against conservatives. I don't know how much evidence these people need, but I think the people in media who are claiming it doesn't exist are just liars. That's their agenda. They use the platform they have to say it's not true. Trust me. And many of these sites are considered to be credible, but they're lying all day, every day and propping up this psychotic censorship. Now, look, I'm not saying these are connected again, but I'll tell you what. When you let Twitter do these things and refuse to call them out, then Twitter allows China to say this insanity. I don't trust you, man. I really, really don't. You are actively making things worse. Recently, a billionaire investor tried to get Jack Dorsey fired, but I don't think that's the answer. I don't think Jack Dorsey actually does anything at the company. So I don't know what's really going to be done, but we are seeing people infect our high level social institutions, you know, things like school, as well as social media and big tech companies. They're going to put the censorship to smear the president. But let me just say it one more time. Ask people this. If you agree with Twitter not labeling Biden's video manipulated, the question is, why didn't Twitter create the rule in response to Joe Biden's lies? I'll wait for an answer. But when Trump tweets it, they slap the tag on it. New rule. Trump did it. It's done. But what about, what about everyone else? Apparently, we're not going to see any balance in this. But I'll, but I'll, but I'll, but I'll do this. An addendum to my main channel segment at 4 p.m. If you missed it, go check it out. YouTube.com slash Timcast. Perhaps it's just that they're all betting on Joe Biden, but the reality is it doesn't matter. They can smear Trump all day and night. Joe Biden has gone off the deep end to such a degree. I don't think anything is going to stop Trump at this point. No virus, no market crash, because when you put Trump next to Biden, people are going to be like, yeah, no, thanks. I'll leave it there. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. And the podcast will be up every day at 6.30 p.m.